John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. It is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. This is another playoff edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Ploop. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. And as we get you all set for day two of the postseason, I want to remind you to celebrate the baseball playoffs with SeatGeek, the official ticket marketplace of Major League Baseball. It is giving everybody out there 10% off your next purchase with the code John Boyd postseason, all caps, all one word. Now, you might be sitting there and say, well, you know what? I've already used one of your codes, so I'm out. <laughs> no, you are not. You can use this whether you are a rookie to the world of SeatGeek or you are a returning customer. Once again, the code word is John Boyd postseason. You don't have to use it for seats to a playoff baseball game, but if you want to, you can. You can use it for the NFL. You can use it for college football. You can use it for a concert. You can use it for anything. That's the way you roll. Trevor Plouffe, I will start with a tip of the cap to you and your Minnesota Twins fans out there as I am donning a Twins hat. About a month ago, everybody said, well, why don't you give a tip of the cap to Trevor Plouffe, who said they were going to run away with the division. And as you guys were on the cusp of winning the division crown, I did say I'll give you a tip of the cap. But call me when you break that <laughs> monstrous playoff losing streak. So everybody was sending me memes last night of a cell phone. So here you go. I love it. I know. I, I actually forgot that you said that and someone tagged me on, on Twitter with it or X with mm. it. And I thought about giving out like six or seven of your digits. Yeah. You know, maybe not the area code or whatever. Uh, but I, I withheld. I didn't do that. Thank you. I think people were already on you enough. And it's all good fun. You're a Guardians fan. For even for you to even put that hat on, you know what? Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a lovely looking lid. One of their... Oh, yeah, shout out Vanika. Hats. Vanika sent us these the, yes. what, last year. Yeah, I think last year. That's so very cool. There's like six or seven Twins hats. So if you guys keep going all the way through to the World Series, I'll be wearing a bunch of different Twins hats. So that was awesome. Also want to welcome our live AMP audience, which is joining us every day. And if you just view us on YouTube or listen to us in podcast form, make sure you join part of the conversation. It's a blast. We get to interact. So we do our half-hour show. Then the last half-hour, we just chop it up with our community. You guys get to talk about what we've said or what's on your mind in the baseball world. And every day this week on just the AMP portion, we're giving away a phrase. We're saying a phrase or something. And then on Friday, if you can repeat the phrase, you're going to get a chance to win some John Boy Media merch, which is great from our store. So make sure you, uh, you do that and join us on the AMP portion of the program. Okay? All right, let's get to this thing. Arizona with the big day one stunner. I think based on the pitching matchup and the fact that the Brewers had a 3-0 lead early on in this one, Arizona comes back and wins this one 6-3 thanks to a pair of huge defensive plays from somebody in your cell phone, Evan Longoria. Were those two defensive um, amazing plays out there, was that the biggest difference in this game in your opinion? I will say no. I want to talk about the plays. I think more it was the Corbin Carroll answering with the homer and then Marte going back-to-back -back just to kind of take the breath away from the Milwaukee faithful and kind of get the Diamondbacks 
into this postseason game because if you're you're down three nothing, things can start to get away from you a little bit, especially with Corbin Burns on the mound. So for Corbin Carroll, who we've talked about so much uh, this year about how he's just come in and, and and taken over this franchise, for him to be the guy to do it, I think is really special too. So I think those the back to back homers were probably the, the biggest plays in the game. But I I love um, where's this up? I have a the quote by um, Tori Lavello about why he put. Longo in the game mm-hmm. and he just said like I like the human I like the you know the ability to slow the heart rate down to to be in there and sure enough we're watching the plays right now I mean the line drive he's perfectly placed um I don't really know what Adamas is doing right there you kind of got a freeze in the line drive that's baseball 101 uh and then this play the the play that he got Yelly Yelly was making a smart baseball play he thought Longo was going to field that and throw it the first and he was going to go to third base because nobody was going to be there but because Longo, you know, fumbled it and recovered, the wherewithal to be able to turn around and get Yelly at second base is special. So these plays are incredible. But I think the Carroll and Marte homers are probably a little bit bigger. Yeah, for um, real quickly on the defensive side of things, I talked about the importance of every 90 feet yesterday when it comes to the baseball playoffs. And, man, the Brewers are kicking themselves. They are yeah. just kicking it wasn't like a couple of young guys that got caught off of second base. Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich have played in a lot of meaningful baseball games, and they know, you know, it's one of those where they're walking back to the dugout or Adamas's case, walking back to his position at shortstop because he made the third out of the inning, where they're like, I can't believe that happened. And it happens. I get it. But, man, in a short series, everything's magnified. But to me, the biggest thing was the fact that Arizona was able to get 19 outs from its bullpen without giving up any runs, any runs fought went out there. He gave it a shot. He didn't get it through three innings. So they had to get 19 outs. And we have talked about how hard it is when you are using more than two or three relievers in a game to have everything line up. And it wasn't like Milwaukee didn't have a shot. They had 17 base runners in yesterday's game and only pushed over three runs. That is a hell of a job by a much maligned Arizona bullpen throughout this season. Uh, I agree. I agree with you. And, and watching some of these guys throw and and some of the stuff they had, I mentioned on talking baseball, he filmed last night. It's Kevin Ginkle, look out! Yeah. Dude. He threw two innings, so I don't know if he's gonna be available today, or maybe he will be. Um, there was some nasty stuff on that bullpen, so I agree. I mean, that's another massive. It was it was a very like the Diamondbacks had to do a lot of things right to win that game. Yes, they did. Uh, so you can't say I, I don't like saying like, hey, Milwaukee ran themselves out of the game or they, you know, no. did this or did that. I think Arizona did exactly what they needed to do to win the game. All right. So let's advance it to today. Uh, Freddie Peralta, he's thrown a few gems this season uh, because Milwaukee's going against Zach Gallen. Does Peralta need another superstar outing to keep the Brewers season alive? Yes, because Zach Gallen is, quote unquote, that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, faced the Brewers a couple times this year, pitched really well against them. He, he's not one thing you know about Zach Gallon, and I hope I don't jinx him. Uh, it's all knock on wood. I mean, he's going to give his team a chance to win. They're going to be in the game late. If the offense can show up whatsoever against Peralta, I think the Dimebacks are looking really good in this series. Um, for Peralta, he I don't think he faced them this year. I was looking back at the game logs, right. so Peralta has not faced the Dimebacks. Um, he has pitched well against them in the past, but I don't, I don't really take that into consideration. Um, yeah, he's going to have to pitch lights out 100%. I mean, they have, they have enough bullpen and they're going to be okay. You know, even if he struggles, I think there's probably going to be a quick hook because it is an elimination game. 
Um, but if they really want to have a chance, I mean, he's going to have to go out there and, and throw a gem because of the guy that's opposing him for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, and if you look at some of his starts in the second half, Peralta was a wizard at times. Uh, six innings, one run, four hits allowed against the Cardinals. Six and a third against Miami, one run, seven Ks. Six innings against Philly, one run, two hits, 10 Ks. And seven innings against Colorado, one hit allowed, 13 Ks. A total in those four starts, I'm going to do my math on the fly, 25 and a third, nine hits allowed, and 36 strikeouts. Now, I know I was picking and choosing, but those were all second-half starts showing that he has the ability to do this. And you know what? Damn, one thing that is huge yesterday is that Devin Williams couldn't even get through an inning, and he threw 31 pitches. I understand what Council was doing. It was totally the right move, right? It was a one-run game at the time. We're trying to slam the door shut, get in and out in 15 pitches. He'll be fine tomorrow if we need him. But, I mean, he was all over the place from the word go. I hope that doesn't come back and bite him this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, that's that was definitely a big thing. The Arizona's bullpen got it done, and then you bring in – you have to bring in your closer, and he gets roughed up. So you, you'd, you'd think it would shake his confidence up a little bit, but he's had he's had a few outings like that this year and then answered back right away with no problem. So I, I, I think he is – he has that type of mindset and mentality that mm-hmm. he'll be able to overcome. One thing I do want to go and talk about before we move on to the next series is uh, shout-out Contreras. We talked about before – the series about, hey, Gab- Gabby Moreno throws out 48% of runners, and look where Contreras is. He's at 18% of the runners, and he goes ahead and throws out two yesterday. So, I mean, that's that's huge in the series, huge in the game, if he can control the run game like that, too. Although Gabby was okay, too, yesterday. Gabby was good, blast. too. Yeah, all right. All right, other National League series. Zach Wheeler worked into the seventh, helped Philly to a 4-1 win over Miami to take game one. Is he right now baseball's most dependable postseason starter? I was looking up and down the different rosters to try to find someone because in my mind I'm like, nah, there's got to be someone different. I, I went to Verlander right away, and like he's been he's been pretty good. Um, he's had some interesting starts in the in the World Series. I, I think it is yes. I think it's yes, man. And you know he's one thing that Zach Wheeler does is he does it quietly. Like don't even really think about him when you're talking. Like my mind went straight to no. We're talking about best postseason pitchers with Zach Wheeler. Now, I don't know why it did that, but he's the body of work is there. And then his contract. I don't know if that's the right time to bring it up, but he's making low 20s for an ace caliber pitcher. And at the time when he signed the contract, everyone's like, I cannot believe the Phillies gave him this. And now look, it looks like one of the better contracts in all of baseball. Um, I, I couldn't find anybody else. I don't know if you found somebody else, but of the starters that are in the playoffs this year, yeah, I think he is the most set-it-and-forget-it starter that's going to give you length in the playoffs. Yeah, so Max Freed has had some really good ones. His teammate Charlie Morton <clears throat> has done some wonderful things. Uh, Kershaw has had some spectacular moments, but also some not-so-good ones that kind of plagued the first part of his postseason career. I will certainly say this. I am 100% confident in this assessment. To start game one of a series, I am taking Zach Wheeler, and there's no bones about it, because his three game one starts over the last two postseasons, last night, six and two-thirds, one run, eight Ks, five hits. Last year, game one against the Cardinals in the wild card round, 
Zero runs, two hits, and six and a third. Game one of the NLCS against San Diego last year. Seven shutout, one hit, seven Ks. That means somebody's putting their stamp on a series. So for game one of a series, I am taking him. And there's, you know, his ERA in the World Series. He came out of the game and some inherited runners got coughed up last year, which I guess still counts for you, but. It does. The problem, man. The problem for Philadelphia is he will not be able to start game one of whatever series, you know, if they move on to Atlanta, he won't be able to do that. He'll have to pitch game two, and his game two numbers just weren't as good last year as his game one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the second half of the question. Talk a little bit about the Marlins who are facing elimination. Give Marlins fans one reason to be optimistic today. Well, you're going to need some offense, and Josh Bell, who we talked about before the series, dominating against the Phillies when he's, uh, you know, a hitter, continued. So I think that's one thing. Let's get some runners on base for this guy and let him drive them in. I think that's one thing you can be optimistic about is, you know, a guy that you count it, you're going to count on to, you know, be in the middle of your lineup and produce runs for you. Still got the job done in a losing effort last night. So let's get some guys on in front of him and see if we can let him drive in some runs. I think that's one aspect in a situation where I think it's getting pretty desperate. Yeah, uh, I had to really dig and try and find some stuff here. <laughs> the They're going against Aaron Nola, right? So here's, and I'm only kind of half dipping my toe in the pool on this one. He is 5-10 and all-time against the Marlins. Yeah, That is tied for the most losses against the single team. He also has 10 against the Atlanta Braves. But his ERA is like 3.5. So there are times where he's actually pitched okay against this franchise. And I also don't love doing that because there's so many new guys in this Marlins Mm -hmm. lineup that haven't been a part of Miami when he has faced them on a consistent basis. So, But I am trying to help the Marlins fan base. Like, I don't know. They got the tying run to second base last night and they got Wheeler out of the game and Alvarado came in and slammed the door shut against Gurriel. So at least you had some opportunities. You didn't let Philly run away with it. It felt like they could have run away with it very early. Like even in the first inning, they had what second and third after the Turner double and they had the fly ball to right where they didn't tag Schwarber. And I was like, Oh, that was strange. And you know, they just they kept themselves in the ball game. So that, I suppose that is the best news possible. And you kind of just win when Braxton Garrett is on the mound. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's another positive. And he's had, you know, a, a really great year only behind only Blake Snell and starts where you allowed one or zero earned runs. So be optimistic about that, too. We're trying like hell, aren't we? Yeah, I, I, I just in, in my mind, Philly's going to the world series so this to me this series is um it it's over okay all right i could see it in ploof's eyes are you hungry right now are you a little hungry yeah yes yeah you're very much like my dog sydney it's right around this time where she starts staring at the fridge and going yo bro when are you gonna feed me and really over the last few months that's when her look has taken on a different look because she loves the dog food we changed to. It is Farmer's Dog. They make and deliver fresh, healthy dog food. It's developed by vets. It's nutritionally balanced, and it's made from real healthy ingredients 
the human food safety standard. I'm telling you, we pop open that fridge. She's like, give me that shit now. I am ready to roll. Here's the beauty about Farmer's Dog. They send you the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog. It's based on their unique nutritional needs. So all you have to do is sit down when you're ordering Farmer's Dog for the first time. You fill out a questionnaire about the size, the breed, um, how much exercise it gets, all sorts of stuff. And then they send it to you. And it actually comes. It's so cute. These are little freezer bags. And it says, this is for Sydney. She loves it. They got several different kinds, pork, chicken, beef, whatever. And it just helps them lead a more full and healthy life. It's given her more energy. And she is just the bomb. And we love her. And we want to treat her like she's just one of our other kids. So we're feeding her the best. And here's good news for you. You're going to get 50% off your first box of the fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy. Plus, you get free shipping, which is a big deal because it's a pretty sizable box. That is thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy. You're going to get half off. And I guarantee you at the end of the day, your doggy's going to look at you and say, row, 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 row. Yep. We continue on. Moving over to the American League. And I know Trevor Plouffe was loving this because the Twins get their first playoff victory in 19 years because Royce was rolling. High fly ball, right field and deep. Springer back, turning, looking. See ya. He's done it again. Back to back home runs for Lewis. And it's 3 nothing Twins. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but we. We basically both called this on Tuesday, didn't we? Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's proving to be different, you know, a special type of player. And, you know, we've heard it around the league and, you know, you've heard murmurs of it through Twins camp and you're like, okay, well, let's see it on the field. And, you know, you got to be on the field. And when he has been on the field, Royce Lewis has been nothing short of special. So, you know. To come out and get an early lead like that is just paramount, especially in a three-game series where game one means so much. You come out and you hit a two-run homer to put your team up with your ace on the hill. I mean, talk about momentum creating, uh, especially at Target Field. The crowd was nuts. So I want to applaud Minnesota fans for showing up and doing it. I really thought there was going to be more Blue Jays fans in the crowd. That thing was rocking for the Twins, and I love it. So good job, Twin Cities. Royce is special, man. All those young guys are special. And it didn't look like I know they only ended up putting up, was it four runs? Three or oh, three. Just it was just Royce, three. right? Mm-hmm. So it was just his swings. Um, but I I when I was watching the game, I didn't feel like anybody was overwhelmed by the moment. And I think that's really important for the twins. I said that yesterday, and people some idiot was like, Oh, the players have to play good. Great uh, you know, analysis. I I'm like, that. no, dude, it's the young guys that need to temper the moment and relax and continue to play their game. That's what I'm talking about. And, you know, Joe Schmo calling me out on whatever that was. Like, you got to understand that, man. This is a different type of baseball. And these guys have, they have the attitude and they have the ability to kind of continue to play their game. And I think that is special. And Royce is the head of that. You mentioned how big it was to get that on the board in the first inning. Royce Lewis had never in his major league career, which has been very brief still because of the injuries, has never hit a first inning homer. That was enormous because I have been at crowds where you're waiting for something bad to happen. 
And it's natural. When you haven't won a playoff game in nearly two decades, you're like, all right, how are we going to fuck this one up now? So the fact that he could get everybody to jump out of their seats for good reasons and relax for just a second, I know there were still eight innings left to go after that, but to at least feel like, oh, my God, we're playing from in front. This is a good sign. That was enormous. It was great. No, I mean, they had some defensive plays, too. Uh, Michael A. Taylor making some catches. Kepler doing his thing out there in the outfield. I mean, they played a they played a really nice brand of baseball yesterday. By the way, he becomes only the third player ever to homer in each of his first two playoff appearances, playoff at-bats, I should say. Longo is one of them. Gary Gaetti, a former twin who helped them win it all in 1987, was the other one. So it's only happened a couple, you know, three times now, which is kind of cool. Uh, let's look at it from the Blue Jays, who are staring elimination right in the face. They had their opportunities yesterday. They left nine guys on base. Should Toronto feel decent about where they are offensively, even though they only scored one run? Hasn't that kind of been the MO, you know, all year long with them? Like, we're expecting this lineup to produce um, – at a rate that we think they're capable of, and they just haven't been able to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think Blue Jays fans are probably frustrated with that. Um, you know, I'm always a little bit more optimistic about teams and, and what they can do. The only problem is Sonny Gray is on the mound tonight, and he's been lights out all year long. So uh, they're going to have to continue to do things. Uh, Barrios is going to have to go out there and put up a gem, keep them in the ball game. I like the idea of, you know, if they want to win this game, you better come out and score early. Come out and do that. I think if the Twins get up here early on in the game, I don't know if they're going to be able to recover from that because they're Sonny Gray plus just a completely rested bullpen, the guys that are going to throw and, and do everything that they need to do. It's going to be difficult for them to play from behind. So if you're a Jays fan, I think that's what you have to look out for most today is let's, let's try to get out ahead early and kind of quiet the crowd down and put a little bit of pressure on these young Twins. See if we can make these guys make some mistakes out there. So, to get back to the question, no, I don't think that Toronto feels great about the situation. You can't feel great because of the starting pitcher you're facing in Sonny Gray, who's just, he's nasty and he's so smart and he's so crafty out there. Um, I will say this. It took a remarkable play by Carlos Correa to keep Bo Bichette from scoring on that ball in the infield. I mean, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal play. The, The ground he had to cover on a bad hook and then the throw being right on the mark. Like, I get what Bichette was doing, because there were also two outs in the inning, and you take some chances occasionally. He just, I mean, it wasn't like a certain thing for him. Like, when you're trying to make a play like that, you have to do it with conviction. I don't think he knew where Carlos was, because Carlos was basically, you know, a, 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 by the by second base. Yeah. And this error occurred, and he picked up the ball at third base. So we're talking, you're running, he's, he ran like 80 feet to get there. I don't think yep. Bobachet knew exactly where he was positioned because if he did, then there's a no there's no doubt that he's sprinting the entire way. He kind of just was running like Polanco was going to make the play and he was just going to get to third base and you know make a little soft turn. But in that instance, if you know Correa is way you know in the middle, you can go as far as you want because Polanco's momentum is taking towards first base. There's gonna be nobody at third base. So I I gotta be honest, I think Bo he kind of messed that up. It, he, it wasn't a clean turnaround third base. He wasn't running at full speed. I think the play is a little bit different if he was. I mean, I think Carlos, as soon as you start running for that ball, your internal clock goes, okay, if I get there, 
and I pick it up cleanly, like I'm going to have a chance to throw him out. If he's yep. busting it, I don't think Carlos thinks that. So it's uh, I think that one's a little bit on um Bo. And I the love other, Mason Bobachet. Yeah, I get it. But every play is magnified. It's October. It's what we do. Uh, the Michael A. Taylor grab of Matt Chapman. That ball goes off the wall. It's a tie game. Phenomenal, phenomenal play. Um, great move by them to get him when they knew that yeah. that Buxton wasn't going to be a hundred percent again. He's been this incredible. Year. He's been on unreal on both sides of the baseball. And I will leave it with this. Vlad gets a leadoff double, and he doesn't move from second base. Bichette had a terrible at bat, swinging at some pitches way out of the zone. He, you know, Toronto's going to have to be better, or we're going to be talking about what they're going to have to do this offseason to get even better on tomorrow's show. Uh, next American League game, it was the one that, that started the playoffs, and that was just insane. There was a lot going on there. Um, so in your opinion, biggest storyline from game one, was it Monty's dominance, uh, Evan Carter on base four times, or the Rays with their comedy of errors? I think it was Monty going as, as deep as he did, seven innings pitched and getting out and making sure that we're having clean innings for these relievers. We talked about the Rangers bullpen so much, especially you. And, you know, I think most people who watch the game or even look at the stat sheets understand, you're right. I mean, they're bullpen has struggled a lot this year so they have to have the best type of situations available to them a lead and only having to cover six outs is about as good as you can hope for if you're bruce bochi so i think that was the biggest thing monty going out there and doing his thing allowing a clean inning for chapman so you know it was chapman leclerc yesterday i don't know if that's going to be the formula going forward i think it's going to be hot hand the clerk has been good in september um but having to only cover six outs, I think, was massive. That's not going to be the case throughout the entire postseason, obviously. like They're going to have to cover more than that. But to get that game one victory, which is so important in this three-game matchup, I mean, it was Monty, man. Seven innings of dominance. And that defensive play he made on Siri's bunt yeah, really nice, changed nice it. Nice I mean, if Siri gets that down, it's 1-1, and I think things are a little bit different in that game quite possibly. But that was a fantastic athletic play from a guy who's kind of a big lumberer out there in Montgomery. I find it fascinating. There was a Jack Curry clip that was floating around yesterday when the Yankees made the trade a season ago, uh, Montgomery for Harrison Bader. And this isn't to rip on Jack Curry at all. He was explaining the Yankees' thought process as to why they got rid of a guy in their rotation. He said they they looked ahead to October and they didn't feel like there was a start for Jordan Montgomery in there. And then St. Louis, which hit the shitter this year, instead of trying to extend Jordan Montgomery, trades him. And these are two teams that are now looking at their rotation saying, well, where do we get help? Well, this guy would certainly provide a lot of help. And and by the way, I don't think it's fair to to put on the Yankees necessarily because Harrison Bader played very well for New York last year when he was healthy and was a big reason why they got to the ALCS. He He really played very well. This year, it went sideways on him. But Jordan Montgomery continues to ascend and I think he's going to get a shitload of money in the offseason, and he deserves it because he's pitched very, very well. Um, let's look ahead to this afternoon. Um, the Rays, I want to ask you a true or false question. If that slumping offense does not build an early lead in game two, is the series over? False. 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 You know the Rangers bullpen. You yep. understand they went uh, 30 of 63 in save chances. I mean, this is... This is a going to be an issue for them the entire postseason. And, 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 you know, they're hoping they can find a guys that find a few guys that just catch fire at the right time. But no, I, I think if they keep it close, I think that's if 
you have look the Rangers have a great offense too. So like if you Rangers come out and just pour a bunch of runs on, then that's a different story. But I think if they keep it close, even if they're down by two, three runs going into the later inning, six, seven, eight, I still don't. I wouldn't feel like game's over by any measure. So I think that it's really about them keeping the game close and then just capital capitalizing when they get on base and and not, you know, make the plays. Make the plays defensively. I think that was a big part of yesterday's game, obviously. Uh, you know, the Siri ball in center field. Like you gotta make that play. Like this is the playoffs and you're and you're that good. That's why you're out there. Um I think those are the two big things for me is keep the game close and then you know just just make the plays defensive. But it is alarming what's gone on with this Rays offense in the last two postseasons. They have scored one run in their last 34 playoff innings. That's despicable. Now, I know this isn't the 27 Yankees. I get it. But still, this is a good enough offense where they should be able to do some damage, particularly against Nathan Avaldi, who has not been good since his return. He just hasn't. In his last three starts, he's allowed 15 runs. He's walked seven guys. So if there's a chance to get healthy, because I don't think this series is over at all. People are like, oh, your Rays World Series pick looks stupid. I said, yeah, listen, they're going to have to score more than zero runs to win. I'm no math major. That has to happen. But, I, but you know, I you know this better than ever. When you cannot score and it goes on and it starts getting in your head and you're looking at each other and you're all trying to hit six-run homers, that shit, it, that catches like fire. That's rough. We'll see. But the, yeah. it's not done. So I would agree with that false as well. Uh, we did a live stream yesterday, I think, for seven or eight hours as they were all watching baseball at the uh, at the company compound, which was great to see. Here's the reaction during the Arizona Diamondbacks game. They got vegan ice cream. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, first of all, we get we have to uh, we have to turn that up because it's it wasn't loud enough for me. Oh my god! Jesus, Dan! Holy shit! Can we adjust the levels on that thing next time? Holy smokes! That was rough. Um. So, is there a possibility if Arizona goes on a little run? That Jake's number one baseball love will become the Diamondbacks over the Yankees. Oh, you're basically asking me um, if Jake isn't a faithful guy to the Yankees completely, and I would say yes. I think mm -hmm. Jake is. I think Jake goes where the attention is, and right now there ain't no attention on the Yankees. The Yankees are fishing. Oh. Yankees, Yankees are me and you going out to dinner. They're kicking their feet up watching the games. Jake loves the action. He loves a party. He loves being in it. And right now, Yankees ain't in it. So I mean, he he had snake stuff on in our on the stream. He had snake stuff on yesterday when we recorded talking baseball. I didn't see any Yankees gear. Boy. And if he doesn't want, if let's just say he's like, yeah, I got my National League team. Well, if you want an American League team, Jake. I can get you this hat, bro. <laughs> I can get you this hat. Because this is the team right here. Uh, twins hat for those of you that are just audio only today. Okay. I think I'm going to stay out of this one. This one could uh, get into dangerous waters. It almost makes me want to root for the snakes to see how far they'll go. Just to see how far his fandom is going to take him. That'll be very, very interesting. Can't wait for the new show, Talking D-backs. <laughs> 
That doesn't have the same same. No, it does. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Talking snakes. Discussing D-backs. Talking snakes. Yeah. Better. Better. All right, we're back at it again on Thursday. That's it's going to be fun. If you're if you don't have a dog in a fight like Plouffe does, you are rooting for all the teams that lost yesterday because we want as much baseball as possible. We know that's not going to happen. Most likely, we're not going to get four sweeps. I don't think either. God. How many? How many? How many games tomorrow? I would say two. I went with one. Just one. Who's yeah, who's pushing it that. today? Oh, I forgot who I said. I think the Rays win. Eflin's been really good for them this year. I think he beats Evaldi. I think there's a game three in Tampa. Um, I'm worried about Milwaukee. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm worried about yeah. Toronto because I don't think they're throwing the right guy. And, uh, and I'm worried about Miami. But I'm trying to will one of those three teams that are down in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, or uh, Minnesota to get a win because I want at least two games tomorrow. I want okay. two games. Okay. But we'll see. For our one of a kind producer, Dan Rourke, who blasted our eardrums out of our head, and the uber talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.